0: How's it going Colorado? <laughs> it's going good. <laughs> How's the how weather? Is tex- how is it Texas? Well, I'm in Nashville. Uh, Texas to Tennessee has happened again. So, fantastic. Uh, it like, seems like it's a uh, a regular little pilgrimage. It's it's turning into that, man. Um it's funny cuz you know I leave from out of Amarillo and it's it's Route 66, well, it's, it's I-40. But, um, you know, the path leads to Nashville, it's a straight shot, so it's a thousand miles from the panhandle of Texas to Nashville, but it's an easy drive, and it's kind of cool.
1: Oh, heck yeah, I bet it is.
0: You get to go through uh, Oklahoma, (laughs) and then Arkansas, and then you you go across the Mississippi River, and you're uh, in Memphis, and then you're in Nashville. So it's real. It's a breeze, and you know the geography is perfect. So I love leaving West Texas and ending up, you know, on the basically not too far away from the Smokies. So and uh, just think, you'll be here in Nashville in December. There you go. Yeah, that's going to be uh, pretty cool. Um, but uh yeah, Nashville. Everybody's very uh, welcoming here. Uh, I'm going to meet some people, and so we're getting ready for uh. Nashville and December 10th as far as the U.S. Cattlemen's Association Convention and uh, you're coming to that. So that's fantastic.
1: Back down, was talking to Teresa, my wife, the other day and she said, so you're traveling in September, then you're traveling again in December. She's like, what's wrong with this picture? She says, I'm the one that loves to travel. You love to stay home on the ranch and you're traveling more than I am. I'm like, well, duty calls, baby. <laughs>
0: Well, the thing about it is, is we're giving you a voice. That's what I love about that. I was thinking about that this morning. And every time I tell people, say, hey, Jason's going to be on this uh, panel at the U.S. Cattlemen's Association convention. And, uh, you know, Jason's going to come to Georgia. And, you know, you just found out last week that you're coming to Georgia. Well, what's happening here is people are finding out about Rick Ranches. That's what's so cool about this to me. I mean, and and it is. The traveling is tough, but it's required right now.
1: Well, that's the other thing, too, is we are an upwardly mobile society. And Mm -hmm. sure, social media and all of that is great, but those in-person meetups and those in-person relationships is really what drives the success of real-life communication. And that's what I keep preaching to people is like, a, you got to get out and shake your rancher's hand. Because people contact me from all over the United States saying, you know, how can we get your beef? Or how can we do this? Or how can we positively impact the industry and also the organization that you're, you're working on, you know, being the beef initiative? I said, get out and shake your rancher's hand. That's what you got to do. You got to get out. You got to stick your hand out. You got to look them in the eye. Introduce yourself and, and ask them. And you've been to, you've been preaching this for a while now. Ask them what can we do to help you? How can we help you? Do you have problems with market access? Do you have problems with um, with processing? Do you have problems with regulation? Whatever, and um, start that conversation. And then from there, it's just the sky's the limit.
0: It really is. I mean, you 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 talk about that. I've been preaching this for a while. <coughs> and i have been kind of disseminating through my own mind you know the dri- the driving the miles put behind me you know another thousand miles out you know i'm at 19500 but you're right it requires that and it's not man it's 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 not telling people what to do it's actually uncovering a a lifestyle that they're going that they yearn for they just have not been aware of how to create a market access of communication a market access to basically what what our ranchers are doing for us and, and across the board shit Jason I mean it, it's a no-brainer I mean and what we're doing in the beef initiative and all I do is strategize all the time and what we're doing in the beef initiative is like yeah we're gonna take care of you right now across the United States you know, we are the Beef Initiative. That's what we can do right now, you know, with Cole and his distribution. But let's look at Jason and what you just said and what Jason is trying to accomplish is that is that community-based, micro-regional supply chain line. And that's what you are. And that's what you get to tell everybody. And people do. They're yearning because they, you know, who, who are you hearing from? I mean, what states are you hearing from right now? since we've started this?
1: Um, Well, I've had five people from Texas call me. I've had people from California, New Mexico, um, Kansas, Oklahoma, Wyoming, Montana. um, And then there was two or three states on the eastern seaboard, uh, South Carolina for sure. um, And they're hearing about me on all different kinds of ways. Like, you know, I've started posting videos and educational things on TikTok, and so they'll find me there, and then through other avenues, whether they go to the Beef Initiative website, whether they go to our website, you know, whether they go to Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff, my contact information is there, and then they'll reach out to me. Um, And what's really fun is they're asking... They're asking all the questions that we are preaching to them to help them vet their farmers and ranchers as far as the way that they manage their land and the way that they manage their cattle, which I love. So people are paying attention. They're waking up to the fact that people, you know, raise their animals differently. They feed their animals differently. And for them to vet their farmers and ranchers um, with Practices that they want to support and so I love that the word is getting out there and um, We have all those opportunities
0: Yeah, and you just pop something in my head as you usually do because you're an educator but you know you and you and Cole Bolton, right how y'all been talking, you know Cole's down, you know down south Everybody knows Cole. Everybody knows you but one thing that a lot of people need to understand and this is just because It always comes from a healthy competition level. But a lot of ranchers, of course, have always been in competition. That's what we do. You know, we're competitive. But what's going on and what has happened is the competition within ranching has kind of become to where it's not a friendly competition at times. And what the Beef Initiative is uncovering that there's hundreds of ranchers across the United States that do not mind being the marketing and advertising for another rancher because we're all in this together. And that's not some kumbaya bullshit. What it is, it's a collective of people saying, I don't have to compete with coal. Cole does not have to compete with me, but what we can do is we can build the narrative and the education model around what the Beef Initiative is doing and we can work together to where we have this new narrative out there and people are starting to discover that. They're saying, oh, okay, well, I understand maybe how Cole finishes his cattle, and I now understand how Jason and the difference and the type of education that unfolds there is amazing.
1: Well, yeah, and the other thing with that is it's it's the competition mindset started with the cattle buyers and the cattle feeders. Because what they wanna do is they wanna they wanna tie up the market access from all of the cattle ranchers that are selling their calves. And so for whatever reason, they start that, that way, instead of looking at what they can do to help their neighbor, they're looking at, well, how can I wean heavier calves? Or how, how can I get, you know, uh, more money for my calves when I sell them? Or how can I, you know, sweetheart deal this contract when I sell these on contract versus oftentimes when, a, when you look from a resource base, like, okay, so I have friends and neighbors on a, in another drainage that have extra grass that they can't utilize. And instead of them saying, oh, well, I'm just going to sit on this grass and uh, waste it, you know, not utilize it while it's still good, they may call me and say, hey, you know, we've got space for 50 extra head for a month if you have cattle that need to go somewhere, you know, which then saves me a ton of money on, on putting up hay and it's good for them, too, because that grass all gets utilized. Um, so getting back to that working together and focusing on the community portion of it and, and putting all of the rest of it, because we're actually, none of us are actually in competition. We're all just trying to make it work. And and so, you, ha- I mean, as soon as you break out of the mindset of, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, or this person is doing this, and that's the thing for me is I've I've been spending so much energy just focusing on myself, my family, and, and our business from the standpoint of I can only I should only worry about what I can change and I should be focusing on what I can improve with my relationships, with my profitability, with my um, workload and workflow, all of those things, the things that I can change. I can't I can't change someone else. You know, and, and I don't want them to because I want everyone to be completely independent, number one, in their way of thinking, number two, in their way of doing business because then that gives me an opportunity when I communicate with them to be able to bounce ideas off of them because they're in a different place, whether they're, whether it's mentally, you know, financially, physically, um, you know, and a different age of their business. And we can bounce ideas back and forth off of each other because we're coming from a completely different point of view. And that's the thing that's so awesome with a lot of the ranchers, excuse me, that I've worked with here in Colorado, is they, because I showed interest, you know, and to them, I'm a younger guy, even though I'm not young by any means, but I'm 20, 25, 30 years younger than them and interested in what they do. They've just completely opened up and shared everything from their books and their business model and their feeding programs and everything that they do to me to try and help me learn from their mistakes. And that and then so I then in turn turn around and do the exact same thing to any other people, young people, old people, you know, people from different states, just to share what I do and what works for me and how it may be able to to work for them as well. So there's no competition in it it's so much of it is just sharing openly freely honestly so we can build this um this community out so it could benefit everyone
0: well right there i mean you segue into education once again you know jason rick of rick ranch is the educator that's what you are and one thing, you, here we go, we're, we're, we're going to be wrapping up 2022 in the next several months. Uh, we got, you know, 90 something, about 100 days left. And so you and I have been working together over a year now. The Harvest of Deception came out on September 10th of last year. Um, You know, that was a compilation of over two years work of me doing food intelligence, segueing into the Beef Initiative and everything. Well, the Beef Initiative segued in a a basically relationship with you, started with the conversation. It started with the digital handshake because you're in Colorado and I was in Texas at the time. But the one thing that you and I are very, very uh, excited about is the scholarship program. And I don't think a lot of people really kind of understand what we're trying to accomplish with the scholarship program. So let's, let's let everybody know, man, this is Ranch Talk with Texas Slim. And today it's with Jason Rick of Rick Ranches, the first person to get his basically name on a scholarship. The first scholarship that goes through the Beef Initiative. The scholarship is funded by the people that are out there that want to donate to Jason, Rick, and Rick Ranches and the Beef Initiative Scholarship Program. What do you see the scholarship program being today? What do you want it to be in 2023 when we kick it off?
1: Well, I think, you know, today it's one of those things where every, every time that you look at the cost of education and what college kids are, you know, taking out in loans or working to put themselves through college, to then get a piece of paper that may or may not be of any value to them in their lives at all whatsoever, but it's a huge debt that they're paying on, anyways. Whereas for me, so much of what of my education— granted, I got a fantastic education in the Marine Corps in a whole bunch of different specialties, um, and and technologies—but most of my education is hand on, hands-on. It's it's through what you know what I've I continue to preach, is observational science. You have to get out, you put your hands on it, you got to smell it, you got to look at it, and um, so kind of what what my vision or goal would be is to have, you know, um, workshops and or internships where you have people who could be out and spend some time, and some real time, like, you know, to invest a month of their lives looking at what we do and how we do it and why we do it much a full immersion into our way of life and what we do and also just the high standards that we hold ourselves to in our relationships with other people with the the soil you know plants animals all of those things and that's we were sorting some cows with some friends here yesterday on their ranch and it was my son helping me after school with the two of them And um, when we got done sorting, of course, because my son and I were working together and they were working together, and our sorting was going just much smoother and easier just because we we practice a different style um, and a different level of intensity when it comes down to sorting. Uh, Ours is always slow and steady. Use your body positioning to move the cattle around whereas theirs is a little bit more aggressive and faster, and, and inevitably you, it causes problems. And so when we got back in the truck, my son was like, obviously they don't um, utilize low-stress stock handling techniques, you know, and it was all, it's always interesting for, for them, you know, for our kids to, to notice that and voice that because um, it's totally accurate. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's learned, and it's, and it's learned by observation, and then also getting out and doing it. And so it's one of those things that we really pride ourselves on. I mean, we can sort through a pen of cattle in no time and have little to no wrecks just because, number one, we're in our cattle all the time. Number two, we're really aware of where we are and what we're doing and, and reading off of the cues of the cattle, um, and that we're doing it all on foot. And so you're in a true predator-prey type of situation and the cattle really respond to to that very well and so kind of what you know tying back into the scholarship it's it's, that's one of those things where um, figuring out where we fit and how best to facilitate that is still a work in progress but that's really what my vision is for it.
0: Yeah and it is it's like okay do we give it to one person right now no 2023 I think the What I see, because it's an iteration of conversation that you and I have had from the beginning and with Cole, you know, Cole comes from a different, wholly different academic background than you do. So each rancher gets to kind of, you know, mold it as we have these conversations. We had the conference in Colorado We know that we're going to have a conference or a micro summit there every year, some form of something that will be, you know, a a vacation for everybody, a getaway, uh, you know, a workshop. But what I'm seeing as far as the scholarship, and once again, I'm going to start kind of screaming from the damn mountaintop here. We are grassroots, and I want everybody to know that the scholarship program that starts off in 2023, maybe it is a, a, a seasonal Um, internship program to where people come out and spend the weekend with you and your family on the ranch and, and, and they get to maybe, maybe we get enough funds to where you guys can, you know, have that tiny home or something that we put out on the ranch to where people are immersed within you guys for two weeks and they get to spend that time with you. And you get to basically, we get to video and audio record. We get to create content. We get to go through the the cycle, you know, a two-week cycle. And do that two to three times throughout the year to where it gives you that voice. You become the educator. They become the student. We have a scholarship program for a younger generation. I was thinking the other day, right now, Today, here in Nashville, we have to make people understand that we're losing a generation of wisdom, of education, and it's coming fast. And we have to reach out to the young people, just like you are with your children, and we have to say, it's time. We have to re-educate. We have to start from the source of the seed of how we got here and educate this younger generation, because if we don't, we're screwed and we need to basically put a sense of urgency and this is how I see the scholarship program. The first year is a broad shot of awareness across the nation and across the world. This is how you do it. This is how we educate. We don't have to rely on the institutions that got us here. We don't have to ask for permission. It is in the rancher's hand that is having success, that is moving forward with faith, with strength, Going into that darkness of the unknown, but willing to educate a generation that needs it now. The parents can come along. They can have it. Whatever it is, we're going to work out those details, but that's what I'm kind of seeing right now. Yeah,
1: I love love this.
0: Well, we got a lot of them, don't we? We have a lot of visions. <laughs> well, isn't that what's so, so fun about this? I mean, Jason, seriously, I mean, from day one, you and I were strangers. We're not strangers anymore. We're family. And everybody that comes through the Beef Initiative, basically, I get to hear all the input from everybody. We're becoming one big family. And it's not superficial. It's not, it's not charlatan. This is real life. This is really happening in real time and we want everybody to come along with us. We want everybody to participate in their time, their 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 talent, their treasure, you know, as Adam Curry always says on his No Agenda podcast, man, just share it with us. You know, what is your value for value exchange with the Beef Initiative? What is your value for value exchange with the scholarship program? You know, we've built the donation page on the Beef Initiative site now. Few, few people are starting to find it. You know, I haven't really advertised it that much, but we're driving people there. We have purpose. We have intent. This is something that we're doing, and we're going to do it with everybody's help. And that's why we truly are grassroots. And, you know, the, the education is grassroots. It, the, the intent is for people to understand where your protein comes from. And one thing I wanted to bring up on this call, before I forget it is that I've had three or four people say, hey, I ordered some grass fed beef and it was fishy. Grass finished beef that was fishy. And I'm getting that a lot. And I've heard and I know why, but I want you, the rancher, to let people kind of be, you know, uncover what is fishy and when it comes to beef.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing for me is I have eaten a lot of grass finished ranch raised beef from other people. You know, um, because growing up, my grandfather would, would grass feed steers and finish steers. And he would also grain fed and grain finished steers. And, but he was of the old school hoop, hoop and hauler. Um, you know, run the calves around and around and around and around before you get them in the trailer to take them to the butcher, and that meat was, it was always gamey, no matter whether it was grass-finished or no matter whether it was grain-finished. And, of course, what I have discovered is genetics plays a huge role. Quality of feed plays a huge role because you want those cows to be on this positive plane of nutrition for sure the last month of their life, but at least I usually like to do the last three months, you know, up to finish. And sometimes it takes a little longer than that because they're they're just a bigger frame cow, take more meat or more feed to fill them out. And but what I found is it's the stress hormone. So you're releasing all of these stress hormones and they're all tense. Um when you're running them around and they get all super excited. Um, And then, of course, the other thing on top of that is aging. You have to have that minimum of two weeks of dry age, you know, hanging time because the enzymes, the natural enzymes in the meat start to break down the meat um, and then cut it and then flash freeze it. And that's that's, the, that's this, the science behind that last day of their life is that's where that low-stress handling comes in and pays huge dividends. Because if you don't release that big hormone rush and also if you're not having to haul them for hours and hours and hours to the butcher where they're getting beat up in the trailer on the way down there. So oftentimes what I sense in that meat that's gamey is, number one, it's the stress hormone, and number two, it is, number one, it's probably not been aged long enough, and also that the quality of feed, because that is another thing that that very few people talk about, is in grass-fed and finished cattle, what they're eating is important into the fat, whether it's the intramuscular fat or the back fat. And so if they're eating a lot of really rank grass um, that's not high in the sugar content and it also doesn't have adequate protein, they're then taking that and depositing that in their fat, which gives a lot of that more yellow-colored fat, whereas if they're in super nutrient dense, um, really high quality forage, whether it's growing forage in the field or um, grass alfalfa hay, then they're taking all of that and it's making that beautiful white um, fat marbling and, and, and back fat. And those are, those are just huge things. So that, that gaininess, number one, can come from the quality of grass that they're eating And then also from being stressed out and releasing all that stress hormone up until, you know, before they're butchered.
0: Excellent. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, think how valuable that information is right there and how that ties back in. Okay. Are you going to get that from, you know, people digitizing the cow and saying, oh, we know exactly what this cow, everything that they're trying to do on the commodity cowboy side of things as far as tracking, tracking, tracking tracking what you have to do and the best thing that you can do for yourself and your family is go shake your rancher's hand and have that conversation right there that's it
1: I, yeah and, and that's the other thing too is you know we've done some farm kills for people that they, they wanted us to do farm kill because they wanted to be here for that whole process and when we do that which we can't do that USDA because you know it's a custom kill on-site you have to have an inspector there to watch sure but those cows steers heifers whatever we're butchering they literally walk through our facility because they've been through it you know at least once a year to get their health check up every year and they walk through there and they get to the squeeze chute and they look up at the butcher and it's boom that's it so they don't even know Anything bad is going to happen. All they know is that they're that, you know that they're going into the squeeze chute to check again, kill them, bleed them, skin them, gut them, all of that stuff. And it, it doesn't get any more localized mm-hmm. than that. And then we're able to compost all the off offal here, any of the organs that we don't keep for the customer. Um, I would love to get more back to that. But with us hauling meat all over and preparing to send meat as well, of course, legally, it has to be USDA inspected to leave the state. And so it's one of those things where if there's ever an opportunity, we want to make sure that we're prepared to send meat anywhere and everywhere. Also, the packaging, the butcher that we use does the cryovac sealing and then flash freeze, whereas all of the custom butchers are doing um, white paper wrap. And so the, the, the longevity of the cryovac and then flash frozen is lasts a lot longer in the freezer than the white paper wrap. And so that's why we're choosing to do that, because some of these people that are buying bees from us have never bought a large quantity, so it may take them a little longer to go through. But what I'm finding is the ones that do buy it they're like, well, we should have bought a half instead of a quarter, or we should have bought a whole beef instead of a half, because since we have it, the convenience of it and the quality of it, we're going through it way faster than we would have, you know, otherwise, having to piece part an individual package at the grocery store.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what I do. I do both of them. You know, I do the cryovac, I do the paper wrap from different, you know, producers, you know, across the board. I've got four four cubic feet freezers that I really source through plus I got another one but through those four you know I have that variety and that's me being Texas Slim of course but not everybody can do that but I, I it's pick and choose and what a freaking wonderful variety of life that you get being able to, it's like, you know, you're on vacation every day. It's like, Oh, what, which freezer I'm going to go to today. So, um, once again, man, this is the type of education that nobody can, can Where are you going to get this education? You're going to get it from your rancher. You're going to get it with uh you know, these relationships and, um, you know, hell, Jason, we're just getting started here. And everybody that we've been, uh, I've been receiving, we just, this ranch talk with Texas Slim is, a, is just something that's new. It's easy for me because all the traveling, and we're going to cut these things short. We're not going to make them long and everything, but we're always going to, uh, we're going to give a little bit of conversation. We're going to give a little bit of, hey, what's going on? Uh, you're You're coming to Georgia. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, so, you know, originally when we, we scheduled Georgia, I already had butcher dates because I have to schedule those about a year in advance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and it was and it was the day before I was supposed to fly out. and I was like, there's just no way I'm going to coordinate that. And then, of course, finances this time of year are really tight because you have all the fall bills and we're not getting paid for our beads yet, although I did start taking deposits. And that's really what's kind of um, enabled me to be able to to get it together um, financially because it's a pretty serious commitment to to go out there. And then, um, so, so I just, I mean, my wife and I sat down and we talked through it and she's like, you know, I I know you want to go, um, but you know what the budget looks like and, and you know what your work commitment here this time of year is. I said, yeah. And and in reality, it's kind of a low, um, once we get to the beef to the Butcher, that portion of the work goes away. It's one less herd to have to worry about. Right. And so, and the opportunity to go to White Oak Pastures and, and essentially have personal tours is, it was a no-brainer. I mean, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty amazing. And get to, to, to shake hands and rub shoulders with the people that are going to be there I know through the conference that we had here at our ranch just how long-lasting, truly, um, I mean, it. it <laughs> I still feel like it was a family reunion of a family that I didn't know that I had, but by the time everybody left to have those kinds of intimate relationships and conversations based around everything that is near and dear to my heart it, it was it's just it's simply moving i mean that's a, that's about the best way that i can describe it is it is it is moving and i i mean i i couldn't say no to an opportunity to have that experience again in the venue where it is and honestly i can't believe that we didn't sell sell it out immediately just because everyone who's in the regen space should already know about white oak pastures and so an opportunity to get together with the beef initiative and our whole team on white oak pastures is if if you can in any way, shape, or
0: form, get there, you won't be disappointed. No, and I think it's just the sign of the times. I mean, everything that we're doing is firing on all cylinders right now. And I just think you look at the economy, you look at the, you know, people, the hyperinflation that we're going through, you know, what we're establishing and i think people are going to really understand this in in 2023 is this is this is the international lifestyle that everybody's going to funnel into and you know we're going to have a hell of a time at white oak pastures i mean the coordination that we've learned from kerrville to colorado now to white oak pastures this is top notch and you know the the amount of food that we're going to feed we're feeding people five meals they're getting ranch tours they're getting full workshops. They're getting lifestyle, actually action items. They're getting call to actions. You know, this is not a PowerPoint presentation and it has nothing to do with that. This is a lifestyle. And so the people that are coming, you know, I thank them from the bottom of my heart. And like you said, it's a family reunion. I don't have to say any more about that. You felt it you know it and this is how we're gonna move forward throughout the you know, the rest of the time. We're on a 10 year plan here. This first phase is a 10 year plan and this is the lifestyle that we're gonna to bring to everybody and we say it very confidently. It's like I said, we're not being charlatans here. This is not a marketing plan. This is grassroots of people working together to change their lives and to step into something that gives them sovereign, gives them peace of mind, gives them love, trust, courage. Whatever they're looking for, you're gonna find it through these conferences, through these summits, through these events, and through this lifestyle, and through this, basically, this platform that we've created called the Beef Initiative. And you know, beefinitiative.com has grown. Producers are coming in, left and right. We're getting more and more, and we're facilitating on the back end. I mean, and, and you've been a pivotal point of that. Justin's been a pivotal point of that. Cole, oh my gosh, look what he's accomplishing right now. He can't make it because he's opening up a dang processing center. So it's like, it's amazing what has transpired in one year. Um, On this, on these ranch talk with Texas Slim, well, guess what? We get to bullshit a little bit too, and we get to have fun. (laughs) I was talking to Cole the other day, and it was been a while actually. You know, he went to school at Texas Tech there in Lubbock. You know, that's West Texas. Well, Cole comes from East Texas. He's one of those piney cowboys and shit. He called the what he, he called the fucking he called the cowboys from West Texas punchy, and I know what punchy is. Do you know what punchy cowboy is? Hell
1: oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Cole said the cowboys that he went to school with up there in the Panhandle were punchy. What what is your take on punchy? <laughs> well, so,
1: so so we have two different of thought on punchy cowboys. Okay. So number one, you have the <laughs> hardcore, you know, Copenhagen dip in, boot or pants tucked in their boots, spurs wearing all the time because they're cow punchers, right? Right. They're the old old school. Um, shoot first, ask questions later. Um, you know. You don't want to buy horses from them necessarily because if they're getting rid of them, they're really, really nasty uh, kind of punchy cowboys.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: the other, what what we've started calling the punchy cowboys are the posers, like the, the young kid, mullet, um, dark sunglasses, you know, designer gene, um, kind of, as, as a joke, like, oh, yeah, you're one of those punchy cowboys, and so... It depends on whether you're at the rodeo watching the, you know, bronc riders or if you're walking around town and you've got the the young, young guys that are trying to, trying to look the part, even though maybe they've never even been on a horse.
0: (laughs) Well, I think you summed it up perfectly and dang it. He's probably right. There's some punchy cowboys in West Texas, but there's punchy cowboys all over. So they're just not in West Texas. (laughs) I think we're going to get a competition going on here because, you know, Cole, he, we were in Austin and we did the Austin Bitcoin Club and, you know, we did a workshop on, you know, beef basically. And it was really cool. Cole didn't have his boots on. He didn't wear boots. And, you know, I'm going to have to give him crap, but he has a good reason. And what we did, we started telling a story that happened to Cole. I think you've heard the story, but reason he twisted his ankle. He was in a bar ditch. And he was roping cattle on the damn highway. And, and he hadn't told the full story. I know the full story. You know the full story. But uh, <laughs> but now everybody needs to start asking Cole, Hey, Cole, why are you looking so desert bootish? Everybody know what a desert boot is? <laughs> 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 well, Cole was roping cowboys in a bar ditch, and he wasn't on his horse. Why did he get off his horse to rope cattle? In, in a bar ditch and that's what we need we're going to find out so that's part of them. <laughs> that's how we leave these little conversations and so let's uh let's expose Cole for not wearing cowboy boots in a bar ditch
1: well i'll tell you what i've been there done that with a freshly weaned hen and spent a whole week gathering calves and it was a nightmare
0: yeah it is it's a,
1: it, it wasn't it wasn't in a you know in a city it was in all these arroyos and canyons and draws and I mean, oh my gosh, it was so I think I would probably rather have it where I had
0: it than where he did. <laughs> well, guess what? We just we just uh we just segued into another story that everybody gets to look forward to on the next conversation here on Ranch Talk Jason. We're gonna leave it right there. Hey man, Perfect. I'm going to see you on Friday in Georgia. Everybody, get your butts to Georgia. Go to thebefinitiative.com. Remember, our scholarship program. Time, talent, treasure, give it back any way that you can. If you think what we're doing is valuable, please contribute. Please help us uh, uh, build this movement into 2023. Help us develop this scholarship program for the younger generation and for families that are wanting to pursue the regenerative lifestyle. Uh, Jason, how can we get your beef?
1: Um, Well, if you're in Colorado or eastern Utah, you can go on Rick Ranches. um, facebook page or rick ranch's google business send me a text or an email um and then we're actually going to do a a test today and send some beef down to texas and see how the appearance and all of that stuff looks and um and then we'll be talking you know we'll, we'll be releasing if it all works out the way that i hope it does that we'll be able to start trying to ship some beef out for some people that are looking for that Conception to plate, grass-fed, grass-finished, all-natural beef product that, you know, we're so proud of. So, right now, if you're in Colorado, um, go to thebefinitiative.com. You can go to the producer's page and look us up, you know, W-R-I-C-H ranches. And um, our, my phone number's on there, and I've been getting texts and phone calls directly off the Beef Initiative website. So, that's awesome.
0: Fantastic, Jason. We got another. uh, We got a team meeting to get on, don't we? It's about that time. Hey, everybody. uh, We're podcasting 2.0. This is Texas Slim. Uh, This is Ranch Talk with Texas Slim, Jason Rick of Rick Ranches. Everybody, get your butt to Georgia. And if not, we got some other surprises coming your way. We've got everything coordinating on our side of things. Help us coordinate. Be a part of this. Love you guys, Jason. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Actually, in about one minute. Everybody else. Uh, We'll be coming back with uh, Ranch Talk on uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, every morning at 7 o'clock. All right. Take care, and uh, don't be a punchy cowboy.